G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, good to touch base, catch up, get some insights from Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is the Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Delighted to be on board. Hey, Greg, we've got some elections coming up. Uh, the ACT election, 17th of October. Voting begins on the 28th of September. In Queensland, the election, 31st of October. Pre-polls there open on the 10th of October. It's interesting the way we have to talk about that now because people start voting so much earlier. But Family Voice Australia, let me just honour Family Voice Australia for a few moments here. Because Family Voice has been resourcing voters with details on what parties and candidates stand for for more than 40 years. Nothing new for Family Voice. Uh, You've got a new uh, guide that's out, Greg. Give us some insights into into your latest guide. And I think this one is uh, more targeting the Queensland election uh, rather than ACT. But what's uh, what's this latest guide about? Yeah, thank you. Now, look, uh, this week we've launched two... uh Two guides are be informed, know the key issues, and we've called the document vote wisely. And both uh, Queensland and ACT, as you as you rightly mentioned, are having elections very shortly, in three to four weeks. So the guides are really there to help the Christian community and those of faith, people that are faith that say, look, I have to vote. So the phrase comes up, how in God's name do I vote? So the guides are there, they're free. We ask everyone to have a look at them. Uh, what we've taken is a two-party uh, approach in, in the sense that we haven't uh, given the views from various independents or the minor parties. So we've taken a two-party approach, Labor and Liberal, for want of a better terminology. And we've had a look at the policies. Now, Neil, this is critical that we not only look at economic issues when we go to vote at the at the voting at, at the polling booth we need to look at moral issues as well so what we've done is we've approached the parties we've looked at documentation we've looked at policy statements and what we've done is documented how parties vote on issues such as sanctity of life life euthanasia gender and sexuality ideology in schools um, defence of human rights and so forth and the results are alarming Neil. They are alarming and interestingly here Greg I'll get your opinion because as you say you've got an economic agenda and a social agenda. Usually we break down those political parties and what they stand for and we say well they have an economic agenda they have a social agenda. Oftentimes mainstream media is looking at those economic agenda issues but very little time is given to these moral issues that form the social agenda of the political parties and so you've got to dig a little bit deeper to know what the parties stand for and this is what this sort of guide helps people get in on. Yeah, that's exactly the point that we're making, Neil, is that we're saying to voters, be informed, 
know the key issues and vote wisely. In other words, the parties tend to put up these economic issues such as, oh, look, we're going to give you more welfare payments. But what about the moral issues? You know, these are critical to our daily lives as families, as Christians, as people of faith. And as we go about our work or play or work, we need to look at issues like the sanctity of life. The, the approach to euthanasia, sexuality, you know, the gender, you know, it's getting out of control. And so we've said to the voters, look at these moral issues and think before you vote. I mean, you only have to look at Romans 13 now, really, on, on how we should be uh, interacting with government. Christians vote. So we need to look at the issues, both moral and economic. Some people will never look at a guide like yours, Greg. And uh, interestingly, uh, in a conversation that I had on this program, uh, I think it was uh, I think it was last week, uh, we had the idea that uh, you know when you get the these guides on voting, uh, you know whether it's uh, coming from whatever organisation it almost becomes a little bit that people perceive it as like a how-to-vote card. And, and there was a certain sense in which uh, our guest at the time said, uh, you shouldn't look at those. What you've got to do is do your own research. Find out yourself what the parties believe. Ask the candidates directly what they believe, because in doing that, you're going to make a huge influence on what candidates will think the public understands about those issues. Now, this, your guide today, uh, obviously sets out the agendas. Uh, but I guess there's a certain sense here in which it's going to be very valuable if uh, the listener who looks at your guide actually rings their candidates and asks them what they believe, just to confirm what you're saying is true. That's, uh, that's not a bad way to look at it, is it? Well, uh, correct, Neil. And look, I have to point out, Neil, that family voice is apolitical. We are not telling you how to vote. We're telling you how in God's name should you vote. In other words, have a look at the policies. Neil, I got an email the other day, and this, and I'm happy to send it to you. It said, Dear Greg, thank you so much for the guide. I was not aware of any of these issues that you have mentioned in your Vote Wisely Guide because they're moral issues. He said he was not aware of it. And now this particular person wants to distribute it to every one of his colleagues and friends because the parties don't make these issues known because they know they resonate with mums and dads out there in the electorate and they know that people will vote according to their moral conscience. So the, the political parties, Neil, from all my time in politics, I can tell you, they try to put it under the carpet because they know that it resonates with every mum and dad. Something I picked up in uh, the note you sent me uh, to say, oh, you know, we've got this on. And I said, well, you know, let's obviously we'll talk about that on Thursday. And uh, you yep. could have a career as a poet, Greg, because uh, the idea of share our guide far and wide has got a nice little rhyme to it. And so uh, because people, as you say, you get letters emails from people saying, I've never ever heard this talked about. Now, regular listeners to 2020 will know we do talk about these issues, but regular listeners will also know that they've got lots of friends who've never tuned into 2020 to hear discussion about these sorts of things. So the idea of sharing a guide like this helps to inform those who are our friends, our family members, our work colleagues, as to what the parties believe about these things. Sharing, it's an important element. Absolutely, Neil. And, you know, talking about poetry, I don't know, but Gerard Manley Hopkins was one of my favourite poets, and there's, a, and there's a particular line in there, glory be to God for dappled things. 
and uh, and I could go on, but we haven't got time to read poetry at the moment, Neil. But <laughs> look, the, the point is, Neil, that, you know, look, we are apolitical. We're saying to the voters out there, ACT or Queensland, and, and, and you've really got to look at the policies, the economic as well. Don't get me wrong. We want to say, have a look at the moral issues as well, because they're going to determine how you react with your family, how you as a father or mother will work with your children. And it also tells you what the government's going to do to try and run your life. So look at the moral issues. Vote wisely is our, is our message now. And there is a link, Greg, on your Family Voice website, uh, familyvoice.org.au, to find the link to that guide, uh, How to Vote Wisely. Is there a separate guide for the Queensland election to the ACT election, or are they similar sorts of issues that people are needing to be informed about? Okay, the both guides are different. If you go to our website and just look for elections under the under the icon elections, scroll down and you can download the guide for Queensland and you can download the guide for ACT. So they're two separate issues. For example, in in uh, in the ACT, we're doing a big campaign. They're trying to get the uh, the government, whoever comes into power, to reverse the conversion therapy legislation that was passed a few weeks ago, which is a real disadvantage to kids who are unsure about their gender or sexuality. So, look, we need to reverse that. So they're two different guides. Just go to the website and look for elections now. And, uh, you know, when you mention that conversion therapy legislation in the ACT and uh, just reflecting back to those conversations uh, that we've had, uh, Mm. the idea that parents could even be jailed because they take an interest in their child's uh, gender sexuality. So, uh, yeah, powerful stuff to get informed about. Familyvoice.org.au, there are some links for the ACT and for Queensland ahead of the upcoming elections. Hey, we know that you've got a wonderful interest in dads and men. Uh, Greg, uh, there's a new survey out about families in Australia and life during COVID-19, dads spending more quality time with their kids. Uh, What's so special about this survey that uh, sheds a little bit of light on what's been happening? Well, Neil, this is fascinating. Only a few days ago, you know, Sunday we had Father's Day and we spoke last week about the importance and the role of dads. What I'm amazed at, you know, is because, as I said, I'm, I'm working on a major document called Fathers, Husbands and Sons. The, the, the fact that how God works in mysterious ways, because under COVID, this new research was just released um, <clears throat> by the Australian Institute of Family Studies. It was only released a few weeks ago, I think, or a week ago. And basically it gave some results. And this is fascinating when you look at the role of dads in the family. And the research indicated, Neil, that dads were spending more time during the COVID period, in particular from, from May to June, that the, the results indicate, for example, dads were spending more time playing games with their kids. 45% spent more time doing this. Around about 21% spent time with their children playing video games. Around about 70% spent more time reading to their children. And around about 25% actively playing with their kids in the park or whatever it might be. So God works in mysterious ways to get dads more involved and You know, if you take a biblical perspective, Neil, you know, I look at people like King David, a man after God's own heart, Isaac, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Moses. These people all displayed classical roles 
of what a biblical dad should be. So I have an interest in this. I'm, I'm really clean at the results that came out because it confirms now, as we spoke last week, that dads are an important part of the family uh, uh, and, and the impact that they have is, is just beyond comparison to anything else that we can talk about, you know. Uh, always mindful, Greg, we've got different situations in states around Australia and uh, thinking of Victorian listeners right now who are in, you know, a pretty severe lockdown and mm. uh, you've got dads at home, you've got kids at home, mums at home too, everybody's at home. And you've got this idea of when everybody is at home, you've got uh, this, you know, pulling your hair out with frustration and uh, the challenges that there are for being cooped up in the same place uh, for a long period of time. But uh, attitude, I suspect, is important here because uh, when you reflect on this research, it's showing that there is a, a beautiful thing that's happening. Dads spending more quality time with their children. I imagine for those who might be in a lockdown situation right now, uh, you've got to adjust your attitude a little to make sure that you actually have a good attitude to how you're uh, spending time with the kids. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, absolutely, Neil. Although I do have to laugh, you know, Neil, because my wife's a school teacher at a, at a church school and uh, she had to work from home for about five weeks because of the COVID when it first came in. And I did say to my wife... Um, any chance you can go back to teaching soon, you know? <laughs> because, because having two of us with computers and rooms, it, it got very interesting to say the least. So attitude was very important. It is important. I think dads need to realise that they are at home, the children are watching you, and if your children are at home, some are at school, of course, but if they, you know, it, it, it amazes me, Neil, how much both people outside your life, you know, outside your family, and your own family look at your own behaviour. I know my own my own children look at me, and they look at dad and say, "Look at dad now." I got a wonderful card from my firstborn son, and and you know it brought tears to my eyes when he said, "Dad, I hope that I'm half the man that you are when I'm your age." And now that really brings tears to my eyes now because the influence that I hope that I can say to my God well done good and faithful servant as a parent so it's important that attitude and and you reflect that attitude to your family and to your children now i think we all will appreciate just how hard it is on families that are in a lockdown situation but good encouragement greg that uh, an adjustment of attitudes uh, is going to pay a big dividend in the long run because children are going to be remembering yeah. how much their dad's uh, went out of their way, spent that time, quality time with children and in a lockdown situation, not easy to do, but you've got to make the yeah. most of the situation. Hey, another one just quickly to pick up on, a fairly sensitive one for a lot of people. Uh, some new pre uh, uh, Pew research uh, showing that lots and lots of evangelical Christians are okay with premarital sex in a committed relationship. And, uh, you know, there's biblical teaching on these sorts of uh, ideals for uh, sex uh, outside of marriage. Uh, it's called fornication in the biblical terminology. Uh, what are your thoughts on this new research? Give us some insights here, Greg. Yeah, look, very quickly, Neil, I am staggered by this because the research by Pew, and they're a very respectable organisation, this is a US study, and I'm sure the difference, there would be no difference here in Australia, but it, it reveals that 
people who claim to be Christian are saying it's okay to have sex before marriage. Now, I look at 1 Corinthians, you know, and, and I read about sexual immorality. Look, Neil, either they are re- reading the wrong Bible or I'm reading the wrong Bible because to me, it's not on. And I'm surprised that they are actually uh, uh, agreeing with premarital sex. But one interesting fact came out of the survey, Neil, very quickly was that those that attended church more often agreed less with premarital sex than those that didn't attend church frequently. So that's an interesting outcome from the survey now. Uh, there's an alignment there, isn't there, with a biblical standard of values around mm-hmm. sex uh, before marriage or, uh, you know, in the sense that we talk about fornication, uh, even going right through to uh, issues around adultery. Hey, mm-hmm. This survey even went down to... Uh, to talking about the breakdowns of who believes what in different traditions. I wonder whether we can uh, sensitively talk about that. Uh, that might be controversial. Give us a, an insight here on uh, on the you know evangelical Protestants, uh, yeah. Catholics, and. Well, I was staggered to read, you know, but very quickly, forty six percent evangelical Protestants said it was okay to have a relationship. Then compared to. Uh, Protestants who are historically black tradition, 57%, Catholic, 64%, and mainline Protestants, 67% said it was okay. So that's an interesting breakup. So I'm not suggesting that any one particular denomination is more spiritual or godly than another, but it's interesting how these these opinions are reflected based on denomination. So I, I, I've yet to find an answer for that, Neil. Yes. And, uh, you know, as as you say, though, uh, the number of times you attend church is going to affect the way that you see the value mm. of the biblical foundation, the biblical standard. And uh, and oftentimes, uh, different ones uh, in different denominations, uh, different levels of church attendance are going to be affected on the way that they think about that. Of course, the uh, biblical standard is to uh, keep that sexual relationship for containment within the bounds of marriage, uh, which is the, pro- the protection for the family. A wonderful, wonderful thing to reflect on, uh, but a challenging one when you're single and uh, you're not there yet into mm-hmm. a marriage situation. A great insights as always, Greg. Thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us. Let me point people to the Family Voice website, familyvoice.org.au, and you can check out that uh, Know the Key Issues guide, and there'll also be all sorts of other great resources from Family Voice Australia. Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless to you and your listeners. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.